If you aren't familiar with this man, shame on you. You will be shortly anyhow. Very special guest today on Locked on Cubs. Happy Friday. You are Locked on Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. This is Locked on Cubs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for taking the time to make Locked on Cubs your first listen each and every morning. This is an awesome show. We've been looking really, really forward to this. Um, This guy's taking social media by storm. He's an incredibly talented dude and just a really cool guy. Plus, he's a Cubs fan, which is an awesome perk. It is a pleasure to, to welcome Joey Molinaro to the show. Hi, Joey. Good morning. Andrew, good to talk to you, man. Uh, Thank you for all the kind words. It is uh, so cool to hear your voice, um, you know, one-on-one here when I've, as a Cubs fan, like you said, I I, I heard it so many times watching the boys. And uh, yeah, so it's good to talk to you. Well, likewise. And that means a lot. Thank you. Uh, I told you earlier before we hopped on here that my wife and I are such, such big fans of yours. And I mean, growing up in Indy, well, first of all, you're in the middle of a move, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time away from that. I got to ask you, there's a lot of of really crappy things about moving. What's the absolute worst aspect of, of moving your home? Man, I, you know, I, I tweeted it out, actually, I think just about an hour or so ago, but the, the worst thing for me is not moving the boxes, moving the heavy furniture, that stuff, you kind of just, you know, you, you put on your dingy clothes, you sweat it out, you do it, whatever. The, the most annoying part about moving is when you just find all of these things that you didn't even realize or remember that you had that just continue to pile up in corners of closets and, and, and under the beds and under the sinks, and the, it just never ends. The packing never ends and it all has to go and so that is by far the most like you can stuff everything in boxes pick them up move them out take the couch with your dad do all that but i mean at some point you're just like just torch it just get it out i don't want anything (laughs) to do with it so that's we're kind of in that phase right now we have movers luckily who we hired to to do all the the heavy hitting stuff but now we got to just do the miscellaneous boxes and those are the worst the myths. It's amazing how much junk we accumulate, isn't it? It's like, where the hell did this even come from? And you know what? When we eventually move out of the house that we're about to move into, all the same miscellaneous junk <laughs> will come back to bite me again. It's just never ending. I love it. So you grew up in Indy. Obviously, you know, no Major League Baseball in Indianapolis. Uh, I know, you know, we see on social and everything that you're a huge Steelers fan, which is awesome. How, how did the Cubs fandom thing evolve for you? Yeah, man. So my dad, uh, really, I just get it all from my dad. Uh, he he grew up in Indianapolis, born and raised here as well. So my family, you know, multiple generations being Indianapolis folks. And, um, you know, so my dad took to the Steelers obviously because we didn't have a football team either when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with the Cubs, I mean, one, you know, geographically 
fairly close, right? Um, and then they were just always on TV on WGN. I mean, just how many stories have you heard of different fans from across the country who fell in love with the Cubs because every single day, you know, whether it was after school or, or, or on the weekends or whatever, the, the Cubs were on WGN and they were uh, readily available and accessible. Um, so, so he, you know, started watching them with his little brother and fell in love with them. And then really for him, he was 12 going on 13, the 1984, uh, season, you know, that magical 84 year. Um, he always tells me about the Van Halen, uh, Van Halen's jump intro, uh, to the, to the Cubs games there. And of course, you know, Sandberg and Sutcliffe and all those folks. Uh, so, so from there, when he was 12 or 13, he already was a Cubs fan, but then of course they, you know, uh, make, make that run and are so close to making it to the world series then. So he just fell in love from there. And then I came along in 93 and, and, uh, I, that's all I've ever known is, is, is Cubs baseball and, uh, Wrigley field. And, and it's, it's the best. I love it. I love, you know, you, that was one of my points. And you hear that so much with the old WGN Superstation. Cubs fans all over the country still because of that. Cubs and Braves with TBS. I mean, as a kid, I grew up in Chicago suburbs. And honestly, you know, I'm not an impressionist. But the first time I heard WGN, I was probably seven, eight years old. You, you'll, you'll appreciate this, I think. Harry Carey was on. And obviously at the end of his career at that point, and I don't remember why my parents, probably my dad had the game on and I hear this voice, you know, hello again, everybody. And I'm like, wow, I'm hooked. And that was it. Like that was, that was it all. I mean, him and WGN. Yeah. I mean, I, we grew up here, but that's yeah. all I needed, you know? And, then, and that, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, Harry Carey, uh, you know, rest in peace to him and, and, had a huge impact on it as well because even the you know even those times when when uh, you know the Cubs were struggling you know Harry was entertaining and he had that lovable aspect that just brought you in and, and made you want to be a fan even more and unfortunately you know, I was only five years old when he passed um, before the '98 season uh, but you know still I mean go you want as somebody like yourself who who has gone into the the broadcasting the media the entertainment um, world and the, the mix of all three of them. I mean, Harry Carey is, is such a huge inspiration of just like, Hey, somebody who wanted to just have fun and, and have fun with it, live life and uh, you know, not take it too seriously. And, and that's the best. And we were lucky that we, you know, as Cubs fans, you know, got him for the last portion of his career. Well said, Joey, did you guys make trips up to Wrigley as a kid then? I mean, do you remember, the first time walking in there and that, that feel that it gives you. Yes, I was, it was a, it was a, a 10th birthday present. So just like my dad was a kid in 84 um, in 2003, I was 10 years old. And so my 10th birthday present was my dad took me out of school. We, we, we went up to Wrigley on a September day against the Cardinals um, and we sat down the right field line because, you know, the kid, Sammy Sosa, what's better than that? No doubt. Uh, so we wore matching Sammy Sosa jerseys and we sat down the right field line and, and Sammy sprinted out and, and, and you just, you know, the chills that overcame you with that. But then in the bottom of the first inning, he got rung up on uh, on a strike three call looking, and he argued with the ump, and he got ejected. Oh, no. <laughs> so I only got to see uh, Sammy for, uh, for you know, uh, half an inning, really. Uh, but I remember the night before, 
I can't remember. It, I think it might have been Moises Alou. Hit a walk-off home run in like the 13th inning uh, against the Cardinals. And, again, you're going down the stretch and the division's on the line. And that was my first real taste. Because I know in 98 they made the playoffs and everything. and, and, and Out of nowhere. Yeah. Right, out of nowhere. But, again, I was five, you know. So I didn't, but, that you know, 2003, that was I, – I vividly remember that whole season, the whole stretch run, my first time at Wrigley there with my dad for my birthday – um, and, 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 uh, yeah, so that was really the kind of coming out party for me as a Cubs fan because of, uh, you know, them clinching the division. And then of course, everything that went on in the playoffs. So first experience in Wrigley was that beautiful September day. Uh, my dad kept the scorebook. We had, we were down there as soon as the, uh, as the gates opened, we went down to the, because obviously the Cubs bullpen was down the uh, left field line and not, you know, under the left center field wall like it is now. And, uh, you know, we were, we were so close. Carlos Zambrano was right there. And uh, I'll never forget that too, because I love Big Z. And um, man, just, you don't, you don't remember now I'm 28. That was when I was 10. Um, you don't remember a whole lot of days, right? As, as a 10 year old fully. And I remember everything from the ride up there to having McDonald's before the game <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the whole thing. So, I mean, it's just, it really is incredible, uh, what, what fandom can bring to you. I love that story. I love stories like that. I'll make the two dumb fan statements of the day. First of all, I missed the bullpens being in the field of play. And yeah. I know that's so stupid, but I loved it. Right. Yeah. And you brought yeah. it up because you went over their pregame, right? You're literally, you're touching those guys. And two, I've argued people on this. I got a couple years on you, uh, unfortunately. I was a little older in 03, but I have argued people that that 03 team was better than the 16 team that won the World Series. Now, I mean, you could it's kind of an asinine thing to say, but that that 03 team was was pretty was pretty loaded. They were and uh, you know, I think it, it, they had that thing that you can't really put a finger on in terms of the you know the kind of the it factor that those teams get kind of down the stretch right that that uh, i mean like right now like look at like the cincinnati Bengals in the super bowl right like they just have that kind of feel um and then that 2003 team had it yes you know they're spearheaded by prior and wood and, mm-hmm. and and zambrano up front and uh i mean yeah like you said when you look back on the on the players of Sammy Sosa, Moises Alou, the trade deadline of Kenny Lofton. And uh, they were, it was a very good team. I think they had the upper, I can see where you're coming from there. That would be fascinating to see those teams, you know, on like MLB, the show play out, play against each other or something. But I feel like the O3 team had the upper hand in terms of the, the magic in a bottle. But I think that 16 team was just, I mean, uber loaded you know and 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 eventually you know they, they're the ones that brought it home as we know so thank god <laughs> want to talk about uh, joey's awesome talents here in a minute before we do want to take this time to remind you that built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar if you haven't had it i promise try it you're gonna like it go to built.com use promo code locked 15 you get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at Built Bar. Locked on Cubs rolls on after this. Back in a Locked on Cubs. Thank you for taking the time today to make us your first listen 
each and every morning. As a matter of fact, we're free and available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. We can't thank you enough for being part of the Locked On Cubs family. Joey Molinaro, special guest today. Uh, such a treat to have him along. I want to remind you quickly, it's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Lockdown NFL podcast. Lockdown Bengals, Lockdown Rams, they are in L.A. covering the big game all week long. Joey, people like yourself, I liken it to like um, like a, a really top-tier athlete. Like you're, you're born, you can teach people a certain amount of talent, but you're born with what you have, right? Like I was never going to play first base like Anthony Rizzo or Mark Grace for my era. I thought I looked like him, but I didn't, right? You're so talented and obviously you work at your craft, but you are to an extent had to have been born with, with what you have. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I tell people who ask, yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't just something that like all of a sudden, four years ago, it just kind of like clicked. And I was like, Oh, I can do an Andrew Luck. Um, it's been a natural progression throughout my life. Uh, you know, when I was eight, 10, 12, 14, you know, I, I was always kind of, I, I wasn't the class clown, but, um, you know, at, at sleepovers or birthday parties or just kind of like in downtime at school, you know, uh, I could hold court, you know, pretty well making fun of teachers or coaches or friends, parents, or, you know, just, just different people like that, that I would pick up on things and impersonate them. And, and they would always get a laugh out of people. Um, but then as I got older and I'm, you know, I'm going to school for media and for radio and for television, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I can transfer, you know, that, that skill set that I had when I was a kid to maybe some more public figures and, 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 you know, add that as kind of a feather in the cap. Um, and, and, and I, so I started trying doing it, you know, uh, back in like 2019 and it, it worked, you know, it, it stuck pretty well. And then ever since then, it's just kind of been a evolving thing of trying to, you know, use the impersonations that I can do, add on to them, add more people, but then also, you know, uh, working into sketch comedy and, and different bits like that. So yeah, it's, it's always been something, uh, you know, I was kind of the living room impersonator, if you will, for, for a lot of my life. And then I was like, all right, well, let's try to, let's try to go public with it. Well, we're really glad you decided to go public with it. So you've had, you've had this knack for a long time. You knew in an early age that, that you were, you were able to dig deep and, and kind of find this hidden talent. Yeah. And, you know, just because, I mean, I grew up going to Catholic schools uh, my whole life. And and so whether, you know, priests were a very easy target, uh, you know, our, our, our CYO football coaches, um, the, yeah, I mean, every, every kid, whether it's a Catholic school or public school or whatever, uh, you know, the teachers are always easy targets as well. Um, so just, just picking up on those things and having fun with my buddies and different kids I went to school with and, you know, who, who, I, I guess when I was, you know, 12 or 13, I never really would have thought I could turn it into a career and help me turn it into a career, but, uh, you know, well, we got lucky. So awesome. Um, we talked a little bit about Harry Carey. Uh, I heard you say once during an interview that, that your goal was to remain, you know, in the, in the sports broadcast industry when you were in college and whatnot, if, if, if Joey turned into Joey, the sports play-by-play -play guy, what would your, what would your stick be? I mean, would be, you'd be like Bob Euchre-esque or a more polished Al Michaels or what, what route are you going there? 
Yeah, I, I like that. I like the Bob Uecker, um, you know, because to me, he, uh, you know, he's kind of holding court as a comedian through his broadcast. And uh, so I think that would definitely be kind of the route that I would take, especially for, I mean, baseball. Baseball would be so fun to do just, you know, just because you got so much time to yeah. tell stories or, you know, poke, poke fun at things in the audience or like Carrie Carey would talk about people's names or what. I mean, there's just so much more room, you know, as compared to basketball or even football, as you know. So, um, yeah, I, I miss doing play-by-play. I was telling my wife that the other day. You know, I used to do it a lot in college before I really decided that I wanted to kind of take the entertainment or the comedic route, um, you know, and head that direction. But, uh, you know, who knows? You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll hop back in the booth one day. Who are some of your faves, uh, multi-sport, you know, that, that are on the air now or or in the past? Voices that you maybe grew up with or idolized or, or still enjoy today? Yeah, uh, well, I mean – started with with you know folks close to the cubs uh well unfortunately it used to be but uh you know lynn casper um you know lynn Ca- i think lynn casper and jd and and, and boog and jd mm-hmm. phenomenal as well yeah. uh but i mean she's from what was it oh six oh so what yeah. was lynn casper's first year some oh five oh six yeah five or yeah right now yeah. right there i mean that's i was 12 years old uh, so from that all the way up to past the World Series run, yeah. uh, I mean, Lynn Casper, and then obviously, you know, Bob Brindley was there, but Lynn mm-hmm. Casper and JD, gosh, they just, they they were such a phenomenal pairing. And, and, and like I said, Boog and JD are the same, but like, they just, they, they knew their role of like, they, they were cheering on the Cubs, but not blatantly. And, and they had fun with it. And, I mean, JD's always got his one-liners, and and the it's such a nice mix of insight with humor. I mean, it's beautiful. It's just the the soundtrack of your summer for however many years. Such fond memories with that. Um, love Iron Eagle. I think yeah. Iron Eagle's phenomenal. Um, just so good, you know. Just always has the best highlight calls. Um, Gus Johnson, of course. <laughs> right? Who doesn't who doesn't love a little Gus? Uh, the excitement that comes from there. Kevin Harlan is obviously super good. Um, Joe Tessitore. All those play-by-play guys are are, are really, really great. Um, and then, of course, the classics. You know, you missed the – I was old enough to remember the very tail end of, like, Keith Jackson um, and then Brent Musburger, yeah. uh, you know, phenomenal there. So – all the all those dudes just just you know have such fond memories growing up listening to them and watching them. Now you you go to the we'll we'll switch to the analyst side as long as we're we're in the booth. My wife and I are just giant Chris Collinsworth fans, and nobody <laughs> nobody nails a Chris Collinsworth like you do. But I'm a little nervous. I mean, is it you know he was a Bengal right long time calling the Super Bowl this weekend? I mean that's conflict yeah. of interest, is it not? I mean what are we doing here? I know. Uh, yeah, I, I tweeted out like last week because it kind of hit me. I for a second I was like, oh, and then I connected the dots, and I'm Zach Galifianakis gif of all the math. I'm like, holy cow, Collinsworth calling the game. The Bengals are in. This is crazy. What are the chances? Um, yeah. So I'll, I mean, what, hopefully once the hecticness, craziness of moving winds down here today or tomorrow, uh, I'm hoping to be, be able to get maybe a little Collinsworth. A uh, bit in there before Super Bowl Sunday, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris is another guy, Chris and Al, I mean, good Lord, right. It's just putting you to sleep every Sunday. Just so, so good. They, they bounce off each other. Well, the chemistry is there. Uh, you know, uncle Al with the, <laughs> with the, with the gambling nods every now and then. And then Chris, it's such a, it, it's proof to me that no matter how good you are at your job, that somebody like Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth as, as they are, that there's just always going to be haters. There's always, if yeah. you're in the light like that, there's always going to be people who are sick of you just because, I mean, Chris Collinsworth is a phenomenal broadcaster mm-hmm. and does a great job with insight and, and, yeah. and just, but he's, he gets hated on because he's just the guy that's there every week, you know, and I, I'm with you. I, I, I love CC and he's been, he's been nothing but great to me. So. Yeah, he's he is. He's great. He's great at what he does. I, you're right on the money. I swear to God, Joe Buck can't do a game without him trending on Twitter. I mean, it's it's he's I get so it. good. I mean, he's so good. Yeah. And I know people in Chicago. That's not the that's not the consensus. But I've always been a Joe Buck guy. I think he does a phenomenal job across any sport, you know. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Baseball's been slow now. We're locked out. Obviously, we've got distractions. College basketball's humming, Super Bowl week, but you know, that's going to start to fade, right? Football goes away. We turn our attention to spring training. Oh, wait, no, it's not there. As a fan, and I'm a fan, I mean, I'm now I'm PO'd, you know, at this point. In early December, right? I thought, okay, they're being proactive, lock it out, hash it out, and we're not going to lose anything. Well, that's not the case now. I mean, we, we have the right to be mad now, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because it's like, yeah, I feel like we've all just kind of gotten to the point where it's such an afterthought now that it's, you know, we're mad, but at the same time, it's just kind of becoming indifferent, which is really dangerous. I think, you know, I mean, everybody always says like, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. And so it's like, if you reach that point of indifference and kind of apathy where, you're just like, screw it. These people are running a, a you know what show and, and, you know, we're, we're going to move, we're going to move on to focusing on the NBA or like me. I mean, I, I've tried to dive headfirst into NASCAR and yeah. like all, you know, motorsport and, and, and horse race. I mean, you know, it's like, fine. If you want to be that way and you want to give us product, then you know what, we're going to move on and, and we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to find other ways to entertain ourselves. But I'm with you. I mean, I, it's always about this time of year where I start kind of looking ahead to the Cubs schedule. Okay. What weekend do I want to try to pin to get up to Wrigley? You know what I mean? What, you know, summer weekend in June or July and take on the bleachers and then go to sluggers and have a great time. Um, and unfortunately right now I can't do it. So, you know, yeah, it's, it stinks. More with Jolie Molinaro here coming up on Locked On Cubs. Before we get there, I want to remind you that Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues through the playoffs and heading to the Super Bowl this weekend. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back in to Locked On Cubs. Awesome guest today. Such a treat. Joey Molinaro joins us. Uh, Joey, can we do some rapid fire? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Are you signing up for another Steelers Super Bowl or Cubs World Series? But you can only have one. Cubs World Series. I've, uh, I've, I've seen. I've seen two Steelers. I've seen three appearances. Give me, give me back in there. Give me an October. 
Good answer. Uh, you beer guy, wine guy, bourbon, other, all the above. Technically all of the above, but if I'm picking, I'm going wine. Give me a, a red Cabernet Sauvignon. I love that. You're speaking my language there. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite tailgate food? Sliders, whether it's give me, uh, I, you know, it could be pulled pork, burger, uh, fried chicken, what sliders all day. I'll house those. Love it. Who wins a head to head formal debate? Chris Collinsworth or John Madden? <laughs> uh, Collinsworth. Uh, I, I, I think Madden might be more physically imposing and intimidating. <laughs> Rest in peace to the legend. Uh, but I mean, Collinsworth. You know, CC, he's going to slide in there and he's going to make it happen. And he's going to he's going to persuade you, man, with that. He's going to start biting that lip. And I tell you what, uh, John, I like your point, but I see I have something a little better here. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> now, we, we're going to get the Super Bowl slide, right? Big weekend for CC. I mean, we oh, got we got to get a good one. Him and Al, they're rehearsing. They're practicing. You know? <laughs> they're, they're, they're getting it down pat because you got – what 130 million eyeballs that are going to be on you and he's getting that down he's going to have a nice he's probably getting his teeth whitened you know for a nice <laughs> bottom lip bite and yeah, i can't wait what's a uh what's a must stop for you on a game day in wrigleyville area before or after the game where are you going uh sluggers um love sluggers uh i mean gosh Really, just anywhere around there. But if yeah, if I don't make it in there for at least a few cold ones um, before and after, um, it's not the same. Do you have a favorite Cub of all time? Um, probably Kerry Wood or Anthony Rizzo. Kerry Wood was my guy when I was again that that two thousand three two thousand four. I mean that that time he was my guy. I was a pitcher when I was ten, you know, so I loved him. And then. Uh, I mean, Riz, you know, the captain catching the, the final out. Love him. Um, Our family's dog is named Rizzo, actually. Well, there you go. Good yeah. choice. I yeah. love that. Um, you talked about your craft and you started, you know, you brought it public to share with all of us, which is awesome. You know, when, when you're going to work on a new uh, sketch or, I mean, I'm sure you got stuff going on in your head constantly, right? But like, do you sit down and say, okay, this is how this should go? Or does it just kind of... Just kind of comes. Yeah, you know, my 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 mind is all you know. Like Jerry Seinfeld always talks about how like he, he's always looking for material, and you can pick up material at a restaurant, at a coffee shop, dropping your kids off at school. What I mean, and so my mind definitely you know, works like that. My my eyes always open to what can spark what is going to be a new original character. What would be a funny imp impression for you know Chris Collinsworth to be in the drive-through or or what have you in a sketch. And then usually I, I write those down and like a general notes app and I, and I put them in there so I don't forget. And then I come back to them and I'm like, Oh, um, you know, uh, Collinsworth ordering a pizza. And then I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's the here Here is the, uh, premise. And then I hit record and I let it rip. And then if I don't like it, I do it again. And if I do, there you go. So you're always go. You're pulling ideas. It's just second nature to you now. I mean, you see anything. And you, I, I got to write that down because that could be good. That could be good. It, it, exactly. And that's, you know, a lot of people are always, you know, a uh, popular question that I used, used to get. I was like, you ever afraid that you're going to run out of like material or ideas? I'm like, no, like just because every day I'm, I'm excited to wake up and 
who knows what when you're moving what what could come out of that you know there's there's always something there that you you know you can see and if you're you know keen to it that you can turn into something that can be a funny bit a lot of talk even though we're locked out about carlos correa linkage to the cubs for next year and beyond um where are you at fan wise do you like the big splash big play mega contract deals like that to kind of get everyone buzzing or you know, you, you, you like to maybe allocate funds to a few different players, you know, as once the lockout ends and spread the wealth a little bit or where, where do you stand on, on a move like that, a potential Correa signing? Yeah, it, it's tough because that would be, you know, on one hand, it would be so exciting and it would it would kind of get that feel of like, oh, OK, we're not messing around. We're, 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 we're getting back to we, we want to you know, get get back to where we should be and get back to playing in October and, and, and keep building off of what we have been building for the past decade almost, you know what I mean? Uh, ever since, I know Theo's not with us anymore, but he, you know, what he started. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so on that, on that front, it is very exciting. You know, it'd be great to have a Correa jersey and, you know, obvious shirts, I'm sure. And, and Dom Frederick would have killer merchandise that I would throw my money at, right? That would yeah. be, yeah. be awesome. Uh, but then, you know, when I take a step back and take my Cubs hat off, I'm like, I, you just look around and, and these, you know, 10 year, $200 million deals, or how many of them really end up being beneficial for the squad beyond just having this face of a franchise, exciting player to sell merchandise. Um, so that's tough. You know, because obviously shortstop is an incredibly important position. Correa can bash with the best of them. You know, he'd be a face of your franchise back at it. Get that excitement built up again around around Wrigley and around the Cubs. Um, But I I just – I that part of me wouldn't be hesitant because I'm like, you look, you know, Robinson Cano, um, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper – how many of these big, huge contracts that you can look around and be like, man, yeah, that's really, really cool, really exciting that this franchise got that player. But did it end up helping him get deep into October? Did it did it help him secure a World, World Series ring? Uh, I don't know. So I, I I would see the positives and negatives, what, what you know, with, with whatever happens with Correa. Yeah, the back end of those mega deals are scary. I don't care who it is, you know, yeah, Right. typically. Exactly. exactly. Joey Molinar was our guest today on Lockdown Cubs. Joey, before we let you go, I want to remind everyone to make uh, Lockdown Bets their second listen of the day. Join uh, your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sterling. If you haven't checked Joey out on, on social, please do it. Um, you will enjoy it. He is wonderful. This was such a treat for me. I can't thank you enough, man, to take the time and, in the middle of your move to, to spend a half hour with us, really, I mean, you, you made my week. Absolutely, man. That, that, that is so nice of you to say. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm always down to talk Cubs, you know, so hopefully we can get this this lockout going and uh, get ready to play some ball and get back at Wrigley where we all can be happy. Um, well, one, one last thing, uh, you know, I, often, I'm sure this happens to you too, often people ask me to do impressions, can I get it can I get you saying um, in your in your Cubs PA voice, you know, now batting for the Chicago Cubs, Joey Molinaro. Can we get that? That'd be a dream. Absolutely. Uh, number two or no? Four. Let's go four. Number four. Yeah. Now batting for the Cubs. Number four, Joey Molinaro. 
Yes. You die a happy man. Playing over Wrigley and I'm there. That's incredible. Joey, you're the best, man. Thank you. All right, Andrew. Talk to you, man. See ya. You bet.